Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Monty Judah with Lion of Lamb Ministries. Welcome to our teaching. Our subject is Messianic Teachings for Christians. And in the last couple of episodes, we've been sharing with you about when Messiah stood up and said, Think not that I came to abolish the law. I didn't come to abolish, but rather to fulfill. Now, as you know, there are many Christian teachers who have said that the word fulfill there means to complete, to bring it to a conclusion, to render it where it no longer has an effect. In other words, it's so completed it's put away. And if I could use an analogy on their behalf, it's a little bit like, treat it like, well, I got done with the third grade, I don't have to go back to third grade anymore, I'm going to go on to something else. Well, the something else that they want to go on to is to leave Israel, is leave the commandments and move on to a whole new set of commandments only given by the Lord, by the Messiah in the New Testament. They leave the Old Testament, move to the New Testament. All of the elements of what we call replacement theology. And this verse is one of the ones that they use for that purpose. Now, in what I've been sharing with you is that's not what the word fulfill means. The word fulfill that's given in that is to fill it up full of meaning. And one of the greatest prophecies of the Messiah, uh, which is not necessarily asserted by the Christian world, but it certainly is one understood, is that the Torah shall go forth out of Zion, the word of the Lord out of Jerusalem. The Messiah, when he comes, he will be the great teacher of the faith. He will teach the Torah that Moses gave to us even better than anyone has ever done because the whole nation, the whole kingdom is based upon those laws that were given in the law of Moses. Now, the context of Matthew chapter 5 the Messiah goes on, and I've shared this with you, to reiterate that the word abolish is not the correct definition. He goes further to say, not a jot or tittle shall pass away until all is accomplished. Jots and tittles are the scribal marks that are in the law and the prophets. He says that heaven and earth has to pass away first before any of this is done. Heaven and earth is still here. Those are the signs of the permanency of this covenant and this commandment that was given unto us. Then he goes further, and he says, If any man teaches another so as to annul the least of these commandments, he will be least in the kingdom. And any man who teaches and keeps these commandments, he shall be great in the kingdom. That is a very disturbing statement on the part of the Messiah, because if you step back and you look at what the Christian church has done over the millennia, they've annulled and deleted and ignored a whole host of commandments that are given by God. And according to the words of the Messiah, he says anybody who has done that is going to be least in the kingdom. He's not saying they're not going to be saved. It says when they get to the kingdom, they're going to be least in the kingdom. As you know, the church advocates that if you follow them, that you'll be great in the kingdom, that you're going to get reward in the kingdom and so forth. But it's very clear the Messiah has spoken to the opposite of that. Now, they ignore 
what the Messiah has said there, and they try to take the teaching of Yeshua and the apostles, and they try to transform it into doctrines that they teach in the church. They run into a real struggle because, as I've shared with you in the previous episodes, immediately following this discussion where Yeshua gave about, think not that I came to abolish but to fulfill, he immediately proceeds to start teaching the commandments. He immediately starts teaching the law. And he says, for example, you have heard it said. In other words, you have heard this teaching before, but I say to you. And he proceeds to go down through the commandments, such as examples of murder. And he's explaining that you're guilty of the commandment if in your heart you hate a person. And the reality is this. Moses always did teach that we obey from the heart, we disobey from the heart. It's from inside of you that defilement comes from. It's not from outward things. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders of Yeshua's day, they'd come along and changed all that. In fact, what they had done is they had looked at the commandments and they said, you know what we really need? We need some additional commandments that will be outside of the commandments of God. We'll set up a fence uh, outside, and therefore we'll teach the people don't violate that. That way you don't violate the commandment of the Lord at all. So they added things to what the Lord had said. And in the case of Sabbath, one example, there's about six specific commandments associated with Sabbath that are given in the law. They've added, and I'm not making this number up, 1,583 different commandments concerning on how to keep Sabbath. And this is adding to that Moses had specifically instructed, don't do that. Don't add to nor take away. And when you do that, you diminish it. So what we have discovered is that the Messiah, when he came along to teach, he came teaching about how you obey and keep commandments from the heart, that it's from your soul that you're trying to have a relationship with God, and that he's spirit, so you're trying to get your spirit aligned with his, as opposed to just outward things and the outward appearances. And the rabbis who originate from the Pharisees have continued in this tradition of adding on additional requirements to go along with God's commandments to the point where Yeshua took complaint with them and said, you prefer the traditions of men to the commandments. You prefer the precepts of men to the commandments. In other words, you've gotten so far off track with this that you've completely missed the whole commandment of what the Lord was talking about. So, we are in the midst of reviewing how the Messiah had addressed that, how he taught the commandments, and how he kept insisting that for you to be obedient in the Lord, for you to be faithful before God, that you have to learn to obey the Lord. Now, we're not talking about salvation. Salvation is clearly by faith. We believe in the wonderful gift that God has given to us, the Lamb of God, we can't bring the sacrifice for it. We can't possibly make the payment for ourselves. Only God can do that. 
And that is the redemption story that God has demonstrated to the children of Israel, dating all the way back to Abraham and to the Exodus story, great story of redemption. And it was this lamb that was promised by Abraham on Mount Moriah. It was this lamb that was slain and the blood was put on the doorpost uh, for the children of Israel in Egypt. And now we come with the Messiah being introduced as, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This, this is the great story of redemption that had been given by God in previously to the ancients. The Messiah has come and done that work. He's been sacrificed for us for that purpose. That is how we receive salvation, forgiveness of sin. But at that point, how do we now walk faithfully before the Lord? Well, it's by following his instructions and obeying his instructions. But if we're confused about what the instructions are, if somebody has been substituting new commandments to replace the old ones, how can you be found faithful before God if you're not keeping his commandments? So the New Testament repeatedly says again and again and again, the Messiah says it, all the apostles say it, they go again, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you say you know me, but you don't keep my commandments, you're a liar, the truth is not in you, as John said. Again and again and again. But while in the midst of the New Testament being given to us, that we still have these Pharisaic believers running around, still holding on to the old thing that the Pharisees and the scribes had given them. And so that's part of the conflict that we see, particularly the book of Galatians. A group of Pharisaic believers had come along with these new Gentile Christians, the Galatians, and had told them, oh no, now you have to do all of these things to be saved. You see, according to the Pharisees, you had to do certain things to be saved. The Sadducees, you had to do certain things to be saved. And that's not what was the teaching of redemption. Messiah took issue with him. The apostles took issue with him. And that's what Paul's doing in the book of Galatians, trying to get them to turn again and follow what Moses really said and what the Messiah really taught. I want to take you to places where Yeshua specifically addressed this conflict with regard to this er erroneous teaching that was taking place. And it came down to the issue of rebuilding the temple. When Yeshua stood up and he said, tear this temple down, I'll rebuild it in three days. Now, to the secular-minded Jew, he was thinking, a horrible thing. He was saying, oh, this is terrible. He's tearing everything down. He wants to tear down the temple, wants to get rid of Moses, wants to get rid of the customs. Yet that's what they heard. That's not what he was talking about. What he was talking about, and it's very clear in the New Testament, the gospel says it. No, he's talking about that he wanted to rebuild the temple within the hearts of men. And that by his going into the grave, for three days and three nights and coming out, that was how he's going to rebuild the temple in here. And he was trying to show, you guys are hung up on the physical aspects of what you can see. I'm trying to teach you the things that you hear from me. That's where faith comes from. 
and what we're trying to do. Now, the pattern, think about this for a moment, the pattern that Yeshua is going to follow to build the temple inside of us, what is the pattern he's going to follow? He's going to follow the one that's in the law. This is not a case of where he's trying to make the law go away. He's actually going to fulfill the law, and he's going to make it even greater. He's going to build the tabernacle inside the hearts of men, which is an even greater thing. There'd still be with the one in Jerusalem that you'd come to, but you would be in your own heart, have the temple of God as well. A way more personal way of dealing with the faith rather than at a corporate level for it. I want to take you to a passage in Matthew 22 where he's trying to put this in context about the heir of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he says the following. This is Matthew 22, beginning at verse 34. But the Pharisees, when they heard that he had put the Sadducees in silence, gathered themselves together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, trying him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second one is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments the whole law hangeth in the prophets. Yeshua, just in a nutshell, just taught the whole law. And he's saying to the face of the religious leaders, that's what the law is. That's what you should be teaching. And this love, it originates from inside of you. It's from the heart, how you obey the Lord. You love the Lord. You love your neighbor as yourself. This is what the whole law hangs on. If you take any of the commandments and you move it away from the issues of the heart, you have missed the whole point of the law. Then in Matthew chapter 23, he begins to specifically address now the contrary teaching that the Pharisees and so forth are saying. And it says, Matthew 23, verse 1, it says, Then Yeshua spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Let me clarify what that means. Within judgment, within community, there was a seat where you would set up a judge. Let's say you had a synagogue and you were going to have a discussion issue. Well, you put one person that's like the moderator. He's like the judge to officiate the discussion and so forth. That is called the judgment seat of Moses. And in, archaeologically, they have found these things in ancient synagogues where it was a judgment seat that set. James was sitting on the judgment seat of Moses when we had the first council meeting in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15. James was moderating the discussion, and they allowed the Pharisaic believers to make their point. Then Peter made his point. Paul made his point. Then he renders a judgment on the matter. He consolidates everything that's going. And he says that the judgment seat is still good. That's what Yeshua is saying. The judgment seat is still good. That's what you're still supposed to do. And he says, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on the Moses' seat. All things, therefore, whatsoever they bid you, these do and observe, but do not do after their works, for they say and they do not. 
In other words, they'll repeat what Moses has said, but that's not what they're doing. And, you know, today we would refer to that as a hypocrite, someone who says what the Lord says, but they don't do. Now, we all know that's wrong. And Yeshua is pointing out that the scribes and Pharisees were hypocrites. They would repeat what Moses said, but they'd do something else. He was taking issue with that. He went further as to what they did. Verse 4, they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and they lay upon men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move even a finger. In other words, they get everybody else to have to do things which they don't do. You know that's wrong. That's inappropriate to do that. And Yeshua is taking issue with them. He goes on, verse 5, to say, By all their works they want to be seen by men. They make broad phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. One of the things the law talked about was some outward symbols that you could carry and wear that would demonstrate your faith, that would be an encouragement to other people. One of them is the sitsits, the tassels on the corners of the garments. The instruction is given in the book of Numbers. It's in the law. And it says that when you see it, that you should be reminded not to follow your eyes, which go a-whoring after idols, but you shall remember every commandment that the Lord has said, that you will obey the Lord. And so he said, everybody put those sitsits on the corners of the garment, encourage one another, don't follow your eyes, do what the Lord has said. And it's a simple thing to do that. He said that when you pray and so forth, put on the phylacteries called tefillin. When you pray, you know, bind yourself to the commandments of the Lord. But the, what they did was they took each one of these elements and they kind of made a show of them. It was supposed to be a simple, discreet thing. Let, let me give you a point, an example. Let's say that you have a devout Christian and they want to wear a little cross, okay? Is there anything wrong with that? No, there's not anything wrong with that. But let's say that you've got a religious leader, he comes in and what he does is he gets this big, gigantic thing, cross on him, and he's hanging it over his shoulders and so forth. Would you be impressed? Would you think, oh, no, he's way more devout? Well, it's ridiculous. And that's what Yeshua was doing. He was pointing out that some of the things they were doing, which are simple expressions of showing your faith, that they were taking it to a ridiculous level, and they would lengthen their tassels and, and so forth. They would do things to be seen by men. Now, we all know that true spirituality is not based on pride and haughtiness. And essentially, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they would project themselves and present themselves as being haughty. A lot of people don't know this, but the Pharisees had a whole system on their outer garments where they would wear patches, you know, to indicate what sect of the Pharisees they were a part of. Kind of like the scouts wear patches, so you can show what pack they're in and what troop they're in and so forth. And they used to do those outward things, and that way it would invoke from another passerby that come by, and they would say, oh, they're a religious man, they're a righteous man, and so forth. It was all to draw attention to themselves. Yeshua was taking issue with that. He was taking issue with that real spirituality is to be humble, not to be haughty. He goes on further to say that they love the chief place at feasts. 
In other words, when they come in to be part of the assembly, they want the chief seats of places, and they want to be recognized as being over other people. And they want to hear men greet them in very honorable ways and to be called rabbi. The rabbis of today in Judaism is an offshoot of what the Pharisees liked. In other words, if you wanted to honor a man who was a great teacher of the law, you would call him a rabbi. And Yeshua was called that at various times because he was a great teacher of the law. Only these other men were using it as a positional title uh, to evoke that men had to follow what they said. And again, what they were saying was not consistent with what Moses had taught. There came a point where Yeshua really put this in context. And he said, had you believed Moses, and he's inferring that they're not, had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. He's saying that Moses wrote about the Messiah. And then he goes a step further. But because you do not believe the words of Moses, how will you believe or understand my words? In other words, Yeshua is saying that his teaching is completely consistent with what Moses taught. And if you don't believe what Moses said, how can you possibly understand what he's teaching? Let me fast forward to where we're at today. Most Christians have no idea what is actually taught in the law of Moses. I'm being very serious here. They've pretty much dismissed it, and they've received no instruction on it whatsoever. So when they hear something like, had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, that the Messiah said, that doesn't make any sense to them. They just have the information in the New Testament where they, well, you know, Yeshua, he was born in Bethlehem, he was raised in Nazareth, he came along, he got some disciples, he, you know, he got crucified, you know, that, that's it. And they don't understand that he came fulfilling prophecies. And they can't recite the prophecies. They can't recite Moses, who's the greatest prophet of the Messiah. They can't recite anything from him. They have no justification to prove that he's the Messiah. In fact, many years ago, I was building a program to teach on this, and I had to basically walk away from the project. And the reason was I couldn't find any Christians that could substantiate why they believed that Yeshua was the Messiah. That's what I would do. I would say, can you give me three evidences to prove that Yeshua is the Messiah? And they, they couldn't. And the reason they couldn't was because they can't go back into Moses and the prophets, and they can't see the evidences there that prove that he would be the Messiah that these are the prophecies that we'd fulfill. They were left with things like, well, he did miracles and things like that. Well, lots of people do miracles. Miracles happen. Doctors do all kinds of miracles and people, you know, but that doesn't make them the Messiah. They can't go back and see the signs that were given for the Messiah that Moses gave us so we'd be able to recognize him. Now, the disciples, the early disciples, they could recognize him they recognized the Messiah very shortly after he started his public ministry. They were going around telling him, we've found the Messiah. Based on what? 
What were they? What well, was based on their prior teaching about Moses and the prophets? But the average Christian doesn't have that, and so our faith is weak and devoid. We just, quite honestly, the reason why Christians accept that Yeshua is the Messiah is because everybody says it. If all of a sudden they get challenged and they're isolated, there's real question about whether or not they're going to continue to believe that. By the way, that's a very fearful thought because there is a prophecy at the end of the age that says there will be a great falling away of the faith and that a lot of people will not be able to justify their faith in the Messiah specifically, probably when their lives are being threatened with it. Now, again, Yeshua is pointing out that the Pharisees did not teach the law correctly and that he came to teach it correctly. And we Christians have a tendency that when we hear about the Pharisees and we hear about the Sadducees, we think they're teaching the law. They're not. So that's the reason why it's imperative in messianic teaching that you learn what did Moses actually teach. This is the reason why James, in Acts 15, said to the Gentile believers with regard to additional instruction you need to go where Moses is taught every Sabbath in the synagogues. That's the New Testament telling a Gentile believer how to continue to be trained in the Lord. Go where Moses is taught. Well, as you know, that's not what the church does. The church doesn't teach what Moses taught, and we think that's all Jewish. We dismiss it. We don't follow that. Let me give you one last thing here with regard to that. In Acts chapter 6, we have the trial of Stephen, who was the first martyr within what we call the Christian faith. He had been out sharing about Yeshua and teaching about him, and the religious leaders were opposed to him, and they arrested him. And they decided to bring false witnesses against him. It was a show trial. And there was a particular man that was there who, when they came with these false witnesses to testify, he was the guy that held their garments. He was the guy that held their garments while they went to testify. That guy's name was Shaul, who became the Apostle Paul later on. Paul was at the trial of Stephen, the first martyr. The false witnesses went up and said, this man is incessantly teaching that Jesus came to do away with the law, to do away with the temple, and to alter the customs of Moses. Now, the New Testament says these were false witnesses and these were false words. Did you know that's the teaching of the church today? The teaching of the church today is that Jesus came to do away with the law, replace Israel with the church, get rid of the temple system, alter all the customs of Moses so that we could have church customs. The New Testament says those are false witnesses. The first Christian martyr was killed on the basis of that false information. The Apostle Paul who went on later to become an apostle and write many letters that we use for instruction in it, do you, 
do you think he would have testified and said that that was false and then turn around and go teach the same thing? Of course not. So it comes down to a case, not only have we misunderstood what Yeshua was teaching, we've misunderstood what Paul has been teaching. By the way, Peter has commented on that, as I would tell you. In 2 Peter 3, he says, Peter said of Paul, there are some men who follow the teaching of Paul that's hard to be understood, which, because they're unstable and untaught, twist to their own destruction. It's very clear that the teachings of Paul have been twisted by men to make it sound like we're doing away with the law, we don't have anything more to do with the law of Moses. That is absolutely not true at all. Paul was a Torah scholar. He knew the Torah better than any of the other apostles. And I can assure you, now that I have learned the law of Moses and taught the law of Moses, I can assure you that what Paul's teaching in his letters is completely consistent with what is taught in the law. It is the law that he was teaching. Those are the same principles of the law. How in the world do we get to the situation where we think Paul was teaching something different than the law? I'll tell you, the only way it can be perpetuated, you got to have this rumor that Paul came to do away with it, and you got to have these rumors, you know, sprinkled around with regard to that. Those rumors are talked about in the New Testament. In fact, in Acts 22, when Paul comes back, why there's a rumor that sprung up that was caused by the Pharisees that Paul was out teaching people not to keep the commandments. And when James greets him, along he makes this confession to Paul. He said, you see how many there are tens of thousands of Jews who believe in the Messiah and keep the law. What? Did you know that James testified tens of thousands of Jews who came to believe in the Messiah, their testimony was they also kept the law? That's what the book of Acts says. How's the churchman explain that? Oh, well, they were deceived, they say. Oh, they were doing it wrong. No, they weren't. This is the New Testament. He's telling you the truth. They just ignore all of this. Did you know Paul was arrested in the temple trying to prove to his Jewish brethren that he was walked orderly keeping the law, that that, that rumor would go away? There would be nothing to that rumor? Paul did keep the law. In fact, at his trial, he specifically said, you know, I, brethren, are keeping the same faith of our fathers and I'm doing it with a conscience void of offense toward men and toward God. He's talking about keeping the law. He's talking about the two great commandments of the law. I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and might, and I love my neighbor as myself. I'm keeping the law. But the Christian world has walked away from all those definitions, and so they've led us to believe that that's not true. Now, fundamentally... This is the core issue for all future discussions and all future teachings. If you're a Christian and you're sitting here listening to this, you, you have got to open yourself up to the following. 
if Yeshua didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, well, then what are the commandments? What are the things we're supposed to learn from it? And be open to hear what Yeshua teaches, be open to hear what the apostles teach, and you'll find out it's completely consistent with the law. And this idea of walking away from the law, what you're doing is you're dismissing that which is the right path to walk on, and you're now subject to following the teaching of men. Now, most conservative evangelical brethren that I know, one of the most common testimonies they'll give is, I don't want to follow the teaching of men, I want to follow the teaching of God. They're in the pursuit, trying to understand what has the Lord said. I applaud that. That is what you want to stick with. Let's go find out, in fact, what the Messiah said. Let's go find out what he actually taught. And by the way, this is pretty important as we come to the end of the ages. I want to show you one particular point where Yeshua taught something very interesting for us, and it's in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 we call the chapter of parables, and this is where Yeshua came talking about the kingdom. And he used all these parables to talk about how the kingdom worked. And after having gone through them a number of times, he finally sat down with the disciples and he posed a very fascinating question to them. He said, this is in verse 51, have you understood all these things? Have you understood these parables I've been teaching? And they said, yes. He said, yes, we understand He's going, good, I'm glad we're at the same level now. And then he says, therefore, now you know any time in the Bible you see the word therefore and Yeshua's teaching, you know that there's something incredible getting ready to come next. And in verse 52 he says to them, therefore every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings forth out of treasures of new and old and it came about that when Yeshua had finished these, uh, these parables, he departed from there. This is the concluding statement of Yeshua's teachings. This is, this is, he kind of, he went and taught the Torah, he taught parables, he taught everything he could about it, and now he says, okay, this is the concluding statement of what I've been trying to teach you. So what exactly did he say? He said, if you can get a scribe, now let's examine who is a scribe. Oh, that's a guy that writes and copies the Torah. He's a guy that writes and copies the prophets. He's the guy that makes an additional copy for others to learn from Moses. And by the way, those guys were pretty, they really knew what was in the Torah. You know, after you've write it out multiple times, you learn it tremendously. And he said, if you can get one of those guys that really knows what's in the law to become a disciple of mine, to become a believer in me, he will in your midst become like the head of the house, bringing forth treasures of old and new. And essentially what he is saying is, if you can get a guy who really understands what's in the law, that can then listen to my teaching, 
and understood my teaching and becomes a believer in me, he will show you things in the faith that go beyond what even the Messiah has shown, of treasures of old and new. Now, most of you don't know this, but this is a well-known thought in the teaching of the law, this, this little expression that's been done here. All Hebrew words, if you break them down in their individual letters, the, the primal root definition of the word, each letter has a meaning and a teaching to it. And in the word Baruch, which means blessing, it starts with the bet, which means house. Then you have a resh, which means the head of, the head of the house. And then the last letter means treasures or desires. And essentially what he's saying is, you will get a true blessing from God if you can get one of those guys that knows the Torah to come teach you about the Messiah. And that's the reason why I pursue teaching the Torah as a believer of Yeshua. I have discovered there are far more many things that Moses has given to us about the Messiah, and I see the Messiah much better now than I ever did in all the previous instruction that I'd ever received from all of my Christian friends. Truly, I know what that blessing is. I know what it's about. My exhortation to you as a Christian friend is I believe that you want to know about the Messiah. I believe you believe in the Messiah. I believe that you want to know the truth. Well, if you want to know the truth and you really want to know the Messiah, you need to go to someone who can teach to you the law and the prophets and learn how did Yeshua come and fulfill them? How did he fill them up full of meaning? You have to get past what we call Judaism. You have to get past the scribes and Pharisees you have to get to where Yeshua was teaching. You have to get to the point where you can understand what Paul's teaching about and what the, all the apostles taught. And by the way, it's not contrary to the law. It actually enforces the law, establishes the law. And let me just remind you, brethren, when we come to the end of the age in the book of Revelation, you know what it says about the tribulation saints that are going to make it in the great tribulation? You know what it says about them? It says they have the testimony of Yeshua as the Messiah, and they are known for keeping his commandments. That they keep the law. The very definition of the word faithful to be faithful today, the apostles have taught, you're faithful when you keep God's commandments. You're not faithful when you don't keep his commandments. And the apostles have warned again and again and again. The Messiah has warned. Just because you say that you believe in the Messiah and if you don't keep his commandments, you're not being faithful. Faithfulness is shown to us by keeping the commandments. And the apostle James said specifically, if you want to show me your faith, show me your works. What I say to you is, 
Don't tell me which God you believe in. Show me which commandments you keep. I'll tell you which God you believe in. Do you believe in the God of Israel? Do you believe in the Messiah, the King of Kings, the King of Israel? Do you believe in the God that's going to establish the kingdom called Israel? Nowhere in there have you heard the word church. Now, in future programs, we're going to deal with some of the other elements that I'm sure you have questions about. But let us conclude at this point. The idea that Yeshua came to do away with the law and the prophets is false. Our faith is based on those things, and it's based on his teaching. So when we go to deal with additional issues, we don't dismiss what Moses and the prophets have said particularly when the Messiah is reiterating what they said. We're going to take into account what the Word of God says, and we're not going to dismiss any part of the Word of God. So you're going to get, in a most friendly and loving terms, I'm going to give you a dose of Messiah through Moses uh, as to what our faith is all about. I look forward to those future programs with you. Shabbat shalom to all of you. Thank you, everyone, who listens to our podcast here at Line of Land Ministries. I want to remind you, you can get our podcast through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, and wherever you like to download your podcast. Thank you for being a part of our program and listening to what we have to say.